This episode of Prem Brulee is sponsored by The Vintage Wave, an online boutique sports apparel store with throwbacks and unique one-of-a-kind vintage goods. From new Mitchell and Ness looks to classic Nike and Adidas looks, The Vintage Wave has everything a sports or fashion fan could need. Visit them online at thevintagewave.com. You're listening to a Holyfield podcast. All right, welcome back to another edition of Prem Brulee. The number one podcast in your headphones. That's right. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourself. It's just me this time, your host, Premo Bot of Holyfield Sports. And uh, got uh, fresh takes with this new fresh week of sports. So uh, without further ado, yeah, fam or not, let's hit it. Week six of the NFL is in the books now. And this week's theme was returning to the usual. So we had... Teams like the Patriots and Steelers pick up big wins over the Chiefs and Bengals, respectively. Kind of a uh, return to glory for those two teams or what they what they were expected to do. You saw star quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady with another addition to their game-winning drives list. The Rams remain undefeated. Of course, we already covered the other undefeated team who lost the Chiefs in a close-fought battle to the Patriots. And, of course, the news of the week, Brock Osweiler beat the Bears for the third time in his career. Interesting tidbit that we've all kind of heard by now, but Brock Osweiler has beat the Bears in just happened to be his debuts for each of his three teams. He beat the Bears in his debut for the Broncos, his debut for the Texans, and now the debut for the Dolphins in place of an injured Ryan Tannehill. He's won all three. If Brock Osweiler played the Bears every week, he'd be Joe Montana. So, as is the theme for NFL all the time, yeah, fam or nah. This week, I say yeah, fam. I like to see the teams we expect to win, win. Um, also, it definitely helps when the Dallas Cowboys somehow beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 40-7. to I like that I didn't have to stress during my game, which is new for me, uh, and very welcome sight for my future health and i'm sure my wife thanks the cowboys for that one so uh yeah fam to this week of the nfl and and returning to normal in a related note i thought it was wise to cover a wild week in college football so every season it seems even back to the bcs days of me as a child uh, that you'd hope for this chaos week and hope your team survives. And uh, this one was no different. This happened to be the crazy week of the season where four top 10 teams went down to opponents they probably shouldn't have. Um, of course, number two, Georgia, lost to that man, Joe Burrow, former Buckeye and current LSU starting quarterback, Joey B., Beat Georgia 36 to 16, making LSU the top one loss team remaining in a hell of a strength of schedule they have going for them. Um, they bounced back huge from a disappointing loss to Florida last week by uh, coming up big with an upset over Jacob Fromm and the Georgia Bulldogs, who were in the driver's seat for the college football playoff. Number six, West Virginia got dominated by Iowa State of all people, probably the most disappointing of of the four top 10 teams to lose. Um, They lost 30 to 14 in Ames. Uh, Number seven, Washington lost in overtime to Oregon, 30 to 27, giving them their second loss of the season and probably eliminating 
officially eliminating Pac-12 from college football playoff contention. And then uh, number eight, Penn State, for the second time in a row, lost to Michigan State following a loss to Ohio State. Um, they lost to Michigan State on pretty much a last-second touchdown, 21-17. to And in addition to that, the four top 10 teams that lost, you saw um, a number of teams struggle in picking up victories. Of course, a win's a win in college football, but uh, number three, Ohio State, although they lost one by two touchdowns, uh, did not look very impressive against Minnesota. Um, Number five, Notre Dame narrowly escaped an upset by Pitt at home. Uh, number nine, Texas needed a last second defensive stop to beat Baylor by six. And then um, number 10, UCF, you know, those national champions themselves, narrowly beat Memphis by one point, um, following up their last year's hard fought victory in double overtime over Memphis in the AAC championship. Um, they survived again. Of course, name of the game is survival, survive in advance. But. Um, Weird, wacky week in college football, and I'm here for it. I'm a yeah fam, 100%. We all love seeing it, unless it's our team. And it just so happens my team wasn't one of them. Thank goodness. Knock on wood. Knock on everything holy to not let this happen. But um, just glad we made it through the ringer there. And we'll see where the dust settles as the college football season continues. But um, quite the demolition day of a week in college football midseason. So, uh, yeah, fam to that. This is what we watch college football for, and it seems like they used to be weeks like this back in the BCS days, and uh, we kind of miss weeks, chaos weeks like this in the last couple of years. So I'm here for it. Yeah, fam, number two, six, seven, and eight going down last week opens the door for a lot of teams. Uh, Notre Dame's now in the driver's seat at number four. Might be the first time as an independent that they – get into the college football playoffs. LSU sitting pretty at number five, the top one loss team. And um, of course, Alabama continues to dominate. It seems to be Alabama versus the field. So uh, yeah, fam overall right now. And um, we'll see how this stacks up as we head into the meat of conference play. Okay. The news of the week came out of Columbus, Ohio and uh place special to my heart. Of course, uh, Nick Bosa, withdrew from Ohio State to focus on rehabbing his core muscle injury and uh, focusing in on the upcoming NFL draft where he is number one on a lot of experts' big boards and slated to be a top five pick, if not one of the top three, and uh, possibly the top defense alignment taken, um, him at Oliver switch spots, and then depending on what team ends up picking first, could see quarterback at Oregon, Justin Herbert. But anyway, Nick Bosa officially withdrew from Ohio State. News came down the wire, and uh, we'll be focusing in on the draft and rehabbing his injury. A yeah, fam or not to this one, it's tough for me. I, I want to say not, nah, but um, I'm a yeah, fam to this ultimately. A guy's got to get his money and focus in on his money. Um, it isn't going to hurt his draft stock. I think it actually might, in fact, help his draft stock to know that a team knowing that he hasn't gone through the wear and tear of an entire college football season – and if we're not going to be paying these college football players, how can we expect them to put their bodies on the line and possibly risk millions of dollars, which Bosa is going to make, believe it or not, whether you like it or not, this guy is going to be one of the top picks and be a millionaire in a couple months' time. It's a lot to ask for him to risk his whole body and perhaps his future and livelihood in exchange for getting re-injured. So 
I'm a yeah fam for Nick Bosa doing this. It's the right move for him, and I really hope it pays off. He's a talented dude, and younger brother of Joey Bosa, he might even be more talented than Joey, which is saying a lot because, of course, we all know Joey Bosa's a former number three overall pick a couple years back. So Nick might even be better than Joey, has made a huge impact in his first couple games with Ohio State before getting injured. Um, and it's already been a huge loss for the Buckeye defensive line. It's disappointing that he won't be suiting up again because the original rumor that was that he'd possibly make it back for the game against Michigan and then a run at a college football playoff or conference championship. Of course, again, knock on wood, knock on everything holy, but um, ultimately, yeah, fam, he's doing it for him. He's doing it for his family and his um, future Millie. So go get that bank, man. Go get paid especially after dealing with years and years of not getting paid when he probably should have, and not probably, he definitely deserved it over the years. So, yeah, fam, Nick Bosa, anyone that is hating on it is probably a Buckeye fan that is too bitter to realize this is the best decision for him. And uh, we got to be happy for these college athletes who aren't getting paid for their likeness. They're not getting paid at all. They deserve to go get their money when they get a chance. And we can't hate them for doing that because who knows how we would act in the same situation. How many of us have been faced with the opportunity to make millions of dollars uh, heading into our immediate future. So, yeah, fam, Nick Bosa, go get paid. He's a Buckeye for life. Go Bucks. We're going to miss him, but um, he's got to do what's best for him. All right, that brings us to likey, no likey, hate it, and wraps up our yeah, fam, or not for the week. And this week... I'm a likey to the NBA season starting. I mean, for none other than the fact that it's drowning out all that damn hockey. We have that two weeks where it's just hockey and no basketball. We have to go through that monotony. So uh, I'm a likey to the NBA season starting. And uh, it's as good of a time as ever to remind everyone that Kevin Durant has zero rings and the Warriors just have one ring. So don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever think there are anything but snakes in those Golden State Warriors jerseys. And um, I figured it was a good time to remind you guys of that as the NBA season uh, gets underway. Okay, I have a few change-ups of order here. I'm going to cover a likey towards the end here. But um, no likey to Giants owner John Mara who said the following, quote, I wish he, Odell Beckham, would create the headlines by his play on the field as opposed to what he says and what he does off the field. I think he needs to do a little more playing and a little less talking, end quote. So John Mara talking about Odell Beckham Jr., star wide receiver of the Giants. Listen, I hate Odell as much as the next hater and king of petty, aka Tom Petty season. You know, I'm as petty as they come. I hate Odell Beckham. A lot of us do. Hate the distractions he's caused as a captain of the Giants team. But listen, it's kind of ridiculous to come from the owner who chose to sign him to an extension, knowing full well who he was. It's not like Odell Beckham has hid who he is or been able to hide who he is in his years in the NFL. You know he's a hothead. He's your prime diva wide receiver and dramatic and emotional, and that's part of what makes him good. But it's even more ridiculous coming from an owner in general. Let the players play. Stay out of it. If you're the money, fine. You have you have a right to speak on your team, whatever. How many times does that work for Jerry Jones? 
do we really need to hear from an owner? And have owners learned nothing from seeing other owners' mistakes when they overstep their bounds? I mean, it has all the inklings of a master indentured servitude type of vibe like, oh, shut up and get to work. I need to see the results on the field. Get the fuck out of here, man. Part of what makes Odell him is his personality. We don't need to hear it from a wealthy-ass owner who's richer than the players playing on the field. Let all of us, the peanut gallery, hate on Odell Beckham and leave that all to us, okay? Owners, just own your team. Make the billions of dollars you make. We don't need to hear all that bullshit. I understand he was asked about it, but the last people we want to hear about with their players is the owner because it's just not the right vibe learn from your peers mistakes i just don't get why people comment on that stuff sure odell beckham could shut up a little bit more but he is who he is and you're the you're the owner of the team that paid him and you're the owner of the team that made him captain so you have to live by those results okay these last ones to to finish out like you know like you hate it for the week of course always Cowboys related. I apologize, but it's what's on t- on the top of my brain. So no likey to how co- inconsistent the Dallas Cowboys have been. One week, they can't find the end zone and blow an overtime game, not going for fourth and one. We already hashed that out last episode. There's a plug for last episode if you want to hear angry me. But the following week, they blow out the Jaguars 40-7. to the inconsistency of the 3 and 0 home record versus the 0 and 3 road record is exactly what drives me to early health problems and stressors out the ass. So, no likey to the inconsistent play of the Cowboys. But listen, hey, likey to hearing Jalen Ramsey unable to find words, or I should say likey to not hearing anything from Jalen Ramsey or just straight radio silence from that cocky son of a bitch. That leads me right into my hate it. I hate it when trash-talking people like Jalen Ramsey all of a sudden act like they're too big for the press after they get their asses handed to him. I don't know if everybody saw his post-game press conference where he just answered, I don't know, and seemed like he couldn't be bothered to answer a question from the press at his locker. Uh, Where was all this when you're talking all your shit to Tyreek Hill, all your shit to every other player, but all of a sudden when you suck it up and your defense, who's touted as the best in the league, gives up 70 points in back-to-back weeks, oh, now you can't find the words. How convenient. Where's that shit talking now, Jalen? I hate, hate, hate when people all of a sudden are radio silent after they've been talking their shit when it's convenient to them. It, It makes me... It gives me quite a bit of satisfaction to see, but I just hate when people are inconsistent and uh, get shit on and can't find the words all of a sudden. So Jalen Ramsey, this one goes to you. Never been a fan. He's a baller on the field, but sure didn't show it Sunday against the Cowboys, and his defense did not show up either. So I'm here for it, but talk your shit and then all of a sudden you can't find the words. And that still shot of him sitting on the bench was just such a sight for sore eyes on that TV screen for everyone that's a a part of petty season like your boy is. On that note, that wraps up Like You Know, Like You Hate It. And now we're going to move on to Lottie Frickin' Da, where we highlight the best of the worst, the impressively unimpressive performances or uh, performances by players and losing efforts in general. So, 
I wanted to highlight a couple college football performances. Will Greer, Heisman Trophy contender, quarterback for West Virginia, likely to be a high selection in the draft as far as quarterbacks go. He finished a measly 11 for 15 for just 100 yards in their loss to Iowa State. He had he had one touchdown, one interception, and a QB rating of a whopping 16.6. That's not going to get it done for a Heisman contender. So Lottie freaking die to you, Will Greer. Staying in college, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Daryl Henderson, running back for the Memphis Tigers, had nearly 200 yards, one yard short of 200 yards on 31 carries, added a touchdown, but his team lost 31 to 30. In addition to that, Henderson leads the nation in rushing with 1,133 yards already in the season. But his Memphis Tigers lost for the second straight time to UCF in close ball games. Last year they lost in the AAC championship 62 to 55 in double overtime. And uh, this year came up short 31 to 30 in a regular season game. And Add to that, Memphis is just four and three, and only one and three in their own conference. So, Lottie Frickin' Dodd, Daryl Henderson, have an incredible year. Already over a thousand yards. The only college football rusher so far. Not even Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin's there yet. But no one is exempt. Even if you're the highlight of your team, if your team's struggling, you're just not doing enough. Lottie Frickin' Dodd to Memphis's running back, Daryl Henderson. Now on to should they be worried. We've covered a few of these teams already, but I thought it would be a nice rounding out of this podcast episode because that's what I aim to do. I aim to please here and connect all these beautiful categories together that you didn't see coming or maybe you did. Okay, should they be worried? My version of a panic, don't panic. And the first one mentioned earlier, covered it a lot, Jalen Ramsey's Jaguars defense. They've given up 70 points in the last two weeks to the Kansas City Chiefs and then the Dallas Cowboys, uh, one of which is a little bit more understanding than the other. But um, should they be worried, the Jaguars? I think so. I watched the entire Cowboys-Jaguars game, and there was just a lack of communication with the defense, uh, finger-pointing. It does not look like the same defense it was last year. Um, maybe it's a little bit too much yapping and enough, not enough balling out on the field. Hint, hint, Jalen Ramsey. Um, but I'm definitely worried if I'm a Jags fan. Um not worried in the sense of the season because the AFC South is wide open. It's a three-way tie at 3-3 three and three at top of the division with the Texans, Titans, and Jaguars. So everything's still in front of them, but the defense is not living up to their expectations, and then their offense is as atrocious as ever. So in general, if I'm the Jaguars, I am worried, um, but I still have faith that they can right their wrongs. The last couple for should they be worried are college football related. We talked about them earlier going down in basically college football chaos week. Georgia, should they be worried in terms of their chance at the college football playoff after losing to LSU? Um, according to ESPN, they still have about a 1-3 in three chance of making the college football playoff, likely by remaining undefeated the rest of the year and then uh, winning the SEC championship is probably the only recipe to do that. Um, if I'm Georgia, I'm not necessarily worried yet. Um, the SEC does look like it's knocking each other off. So if they can right their wrong and get to the SEC championship and somehow pull an upset of Alabama, um, 
they definitely have as much of a chance as anyone, but I just don't see it happening. So in that sense, I'd probably say I am worried if I'm a Georgia fan. Um, your odds dip significantly, and you have a couple of couple SEC teams ahead of you in Alabama and LSU that right now have a better resume um, and one team having a head-to-head victory. So right now I am worried if I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan, um, but let's not close the coffin on them just yet. Um, And a team that's special to my heart, I don't just speak positively about them, um, Ohio State, should they be worried? They had back-to-back underwhelming performances at home against Indiana and Minnesota, and they have an upcoming night game at Purdue, and on the horizon are tough Michigan State teams and a Michigan team that is on a roll. If Naturally, I'm a pessimist, and I'm a worrywart as a football fan, which is complete opposite of who I am outside of sports, but I am worried. I mean, it's not surprising to say I'm worried. I'm worried about every week. Everyone's bringing their A game to those top teams, and um, Ohio State's defense has just really not looked great. Their back seven has been slow, bad at tackling, relying on turnovers, which isn't a bad thing, but um, some of these games... The scores don't indicate how close they were, and um, that is very worrisome. So I'm hoping Ohio State does not have a slip-up. They have this night game at Purdue and then a bye week to um, regroup before a tough end to the season featuring um, Nebraska team desperate for a win, Michigan State who's coming off big victory against Penn State, uh, Michigan, of course, the team up north, the rivalry game. So... um, there's still work to be done for Ohio State, so I am worried right now, but I'm hoping they can right their wrong and survive. The name of the game is survival, so hopefully they can continue to do so and um, get their run game going a little bit more than just relying on the pass-heavy offense behind Dwayne Haskins. So I am worried, but that's just how I always am. A little bit more worried than usual. Um, felt like the team should be humming a little bit more than they are right now, so... Everyone in general is on their toes in college football, maybe except Alabama. So um, we're all worried. All college football fans are. But uh, some of us just need to keep surviving. That's it. Okay, I wanted to reintroduce a toasty take because as I thought about the opening of the NBA season, uh, just a thought came to me. So, of course, toasty take is my category. It won't be on every episode, but it's a category where... I get to just throw out a random hot take because what good are sports if we can't make bold statements that we can't necessarily back up with facts, but when we're right, we get to just throw them in your face. So toasty take is my version of a take that I don't need backup for, and I don't need you to point out if I'm wrong. So the NBA season has begun, but my toasty take is that the NBA season, maybe it's not so toasty for some of you, but I think the NBA season should start later. So the reason I consider it toasty is because NBA is at an all-time high. In popularity, I believe it was just named America's number one sport very recently. Their social media is killing it. Their interaction with fans, everything in the NBA is going so well. Their commissioner, Adam Silver, is a man of the people, a man of the players, all that good stuff. But I think the NBA season is to start later. People already consider its unofficial start on Christmas Day. 
but why not shift it back closer to that? You're already competing with football and hockey, and then you add playoff baseball by starting earlier in October. Almost the entire league championship series and definitely in the World Series by starting earlier in October. You're mirroring hockey season, so you automatic split there. And then you have college football and pro football to compete with. Not to mention, if they shifted the season back, you have less overlap with football fans. And then you occupy a little bit more into the middle of summer, which is no man's land for us sports fans who are just watching mid-season baseball in summers and maybe every four years World Cup soccer when the United States doesn't blow, which shout out to the women's team for already clinching their spot in the World Cup, by the way. At least they can do what the men cannot. But anyway, in the middle of the summer, all we're watching is mid-season baseball. Some of us are not into that. By the way, go Strohs, whatever. But if we get into middle of summer, basketball can occupy its own niche can take our minds off and it's it would be important basketball at that point we'd be in late in playoffs maybe nba finals and it wouldn't have to share the spotlight with anything like it currently does right now so my toasty take is that the nba season should move back if not starting at christmas at least a little bit before that so that we can fully enjoy the season and it is not bogged down by other sports it deserves its own love and although it is popular why not even make it more popular here also, by the way, it's another good time to remind everyone that Kevin Durant has zero rings. The Warriors only have one. Don't ever get it twisted and believe anything anyone ever tells you. They're a bunch of snakes in Golden State, so um, don't follow them. Okay, and that brings us to who you got and what you feel and how we wrap up every episode. And, you know, I like to recap last week's picks, last episode's picks. So um, the last episode I picked... Uh, a game that you probably wouldn't hear anyone be picking. It was the 1-4 Colts visiting the 2-3 and three Jets. I picked the Jets, the home team. Um, they had a fast defense against a bang-up Colts team, and I ended up being correct. Uh, the Jets more than covered the spread of 2.5. They won 42-34. to 34. In addition to that, my college football game of the week that I picked was number 15, Wisconsin visiting Ann Arbor and the Michigan Wolverines. Both were undefeated in the conference. is a big game for conference standings and the future of standings and momentum heading into the season. It was a night game. Michigan was favored by just over a touchdown. I picked Michigan, who was on a roll. Their defense was playing lights out and was correct. Michigan dominated the second half. They won 38-13. to If Wisconsin had not picked up a uh, touchdown with like three minutes left in the game garbage time um, Michigan would have shut them out in the second half they outscored the Badgers 25 to 6 which that six includes that last second touchdown in the second half um, they totally dominated it and are on a roll heading into the back half of the season so uh, watch out for them they're up into the top tier of teams. I believe they're ranked number six now. So um, keep an eye on them after a big, big conference win. And um, Wisconsin is not necessarily in the driver's seat in the Big Ten West. An easy Big Ten West is wide open for the taking. I think right now, weird enough, a little weekly trivia question. I believe 
Northwestern is leading the Big Ten West of all teams. So um, it is wide open. Look out for Wisconsin and Iowa in the West um, to compete for a spot in Indianapolis to play. It's looking like Ohio State or Michigan. So we shall see. And of course, um, I've made my picks for who would make the World Series. We are still ongoing in the League Championship Series. Um, of course, the ALCS is Astros versus Red Sox, and the NLCS is Dodgers versus Brewers. Um, my picks for the World Series were Brewers versus Red Sox, so uh, we'll keep an eye out for those as the League Championship Series um, continue and we work our way to the World Series. And that brings us to this week's picks. I picked a little bit more traditional of a prime matchup for the NFL game of the week, and that one is the 4-1 Saints visiting Baltimore and the 4-2 Ravens. Baltimore is favored by 2.5 points at home. The Saints are first in the NFC South, while the Ravens are tied for first in the AFC North with the Bengals. I'm going to go with the Saints here, coming off a bye week, well-rested, um, they're full go with Mark Ingram back a couple games. They have a high-powered offense. Um, so I'm going to go with the Saints here to pull off a road victory and uh, get a little bit more cushion in the NFC South. And by the way, not just this matchup. This is a big, big week in NFL football. There's multiple matchups between first place, second place, second place for second place, first for second um, just a few few of them to outline. The Texans and Jags play each other. They share the lead in the AFC South. Um, it's in Jacksonville. The aforementioned Bengals uh, play the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night in Arrowhead. Now tied for the AFC East lead, Patriots visit the Chicago Bears, who, yes, are still re- leading the NFC North. And then uh, the third team tied for the lead in AFC South, the Titans head to LA to face the Chargers. A couple of second place teams, uh, the Panthers are heading to Philadelphia to play the Eagles and um, the Cowboys are heading to DC to play Washington um, in a log jammed NFC. So uh, it's a big week of matchups for the NFL. Definitely one. If you have the, fortune of having NFL Red Zone, this is going to be one you want to pack in, get your favorite junk food, and watch Red Zone all day and hope you don't have to take your eyes off the TV or go to the restroom or something. So um, big week, but the game I picked was Saints-Ravens, and I'm going with the Saints. I think it should be a close one, but um, ultimately picking that high-powered offense off of a bye week rest. For the college football game of the week, I went uh, with the highest ranking, and that is the last two undefeated ACC teams. Um, NC State is traveling to face the Clemson Tigers, number three Clemson Tigers, who um, had the fortune of being on a bye week during chaos week and moved up a spot in the process. They face probably the last test they have in the ACC, who's very weak this year. Clemson's favored by a whopping 17 points. So, I mean, logic tells you Clemson, but you know what? Fuck it. NC State. Go Wolfpack. I'm picking NC State on the on the upset, and I'm going to be totally wrong, but, you know, add a little a toasty take leftover into who you got for this week. Logic says Clemson. Go Wolfpack.
I want to do a little bonus. We talked about Nick Bosa at the top of the podcast episode who is leaving Ohio State. There's been some debate on whether it would hurt his draft stock or where you have him now. So I wanted to cover where I still have him. Yes, it's a little bit of bias, but um, I can't be entirely wrong if a lot of people agree. Um, I wanted to give you guys a indication of where I still have him on the quote big board and whether that is the top of it, if he's going to move down because of it, and um, an idea of who I'd have before. Listen, if you get anyone telling you that Bosa can't be a number one pick, run away from him. This includes you, some of my Holyfield brethren who are selling this man's name and thinking there's going to be other defense alignment not named Ed Oliver taken in front of him. You are absolutely wrong. Nick Bosa is going to be the first defense lineman, if not the second. The only other people I'll accept before him is if a team needs a quarterback that's picking first, like, and that would probably be Justin Herbert, quarterback at Oregon, or if someone chooses Ed Oliver over Nick Bosa. Don't ever get it twisted. There are other great defense linemen, but out of the, the top of your big board should feature some order of Justin Herbert, Nick Bosa and Ed Oliver, depending on what the team's needs are. But don't get it twisted. Like I said, Nick Bosa should be the top defense lineman taken. And I don't have him moving just because he's choosing to withdraw from Ohio State or anything like that. In fact, I think, shout out Holyfield's Percy for tweeting about this earlier. I think it actually helps his stock. He's not going to have wear and tear from a season season's worth of battle in the Big Ten. He's going to be well-rested, rehabbed, and focusing on the draft. And I think it's going to be huge for him. I think he could be even better than his older brother, Joey. Okay, as for what I'm feeling this week, this one's a little mushy, but um, I'm feeling finally getting a relaxing weekend at home with my wife. I get to watch a ton of football, catch up on some TV shows. I got time with close friends. Shout out Zach and Tori. And of those shows, by the way, I highly recommend a new ABC show called A Million Little Things. It's a lot of feels, but um, my wife and I really dug it. So yeah, I'm feeling just a relaxing time at home with the missus. It's good every once in a while just to recharge and chill a little. And that leads into my too much sense for the week. I like to wrap up every episode with a little knowledge that you didn't think you need and is way more than two cents worth. But... Without further ado, here it is. You're listening anyway, so might as well get some extra knowledge, not sports-related. And this week's is about showing appreciation. I think people deserve to be recognized for the good they do and the positive impact they have on your life. We live in a time where the negatives are accentuated, and it's really not hard to send a text of appreciation or tell someone you love them and appreciate them. So strive to do that. Tell someone who made your day or even made just a slight 10 minutes better that you appreciate them. It doesn't hurt. People like hearing it, whether they deny it or not. Focus on too much negatives. We could use a little positive. So that's my too much sense for this week. I hope you dig it. But anyway, that wraps up another edition of Prem Brulee, the number one podcast in your headphones. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourself. I hope you will continue to tune in. Please subscribe, share, Pass on this podcast to someone who hasn't heard it yet. I greatly appreciate the support. And while you're at it, check out 
our website up and running, our other podcasts. Everything's a full go for Holyfield. And we appreciate all the support, the reads, the listens, all that good stuff. And I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Prem Brulee.